0: where you have an officer basically around the neck area. These two retired Vegas cops now podcast hosts. They don't have ID. They can't get into a hotel room. to, To get them the help they need, especially if someone even gets arrested. A lot of people don't know how the justice system works.
1: guys have going on is necessary, it's needed.
0: Hey everybody, it's David Colmeyer. Welcome to The Problem Solver. Every single Thursday, approximately 4.30, we are going live here in Las Vegas at Sticky Paz Studio, 215 in Rainbow, uh, talking about problems, how to solve problems, and so thanks so much for joining us again. Thursday today, I have my co-host here, Danny Miner. Thanks so much, Danny. Thank you, Dave. Looking ready for a great uh, show. We have a great guest, and I'm excited about it. Absolutely. So we have, thankfully, an awesome person. We have Anna Albertson, who is an attorney running for District Court Judge, Department 11. Thanks so much, Anna, for coming in today.
2: Thank you for having me.
0: So the goal really is to solve problems on the show in general and talk about different topics and even things that are going on during the week and Nothing for our audience, nothing is really scripted. It's really just improv in general. So tell us a little bit about yourself and then we can kind of go into like some things that are taking place this week and we can get your opinion on some different matters.
2: Sure, I am a wife, a mother, and a small business owner. I'm also an attorney and I'm running for Clark County District Court judge. I'm running because we need judges that are fair to everybody. Um, I'm running because we need the court system uh, to not um, change your justice, to not be decided based on your uh, socioeconomic status, your gender, or your race. Um, so I'm running just to make the system a little more fair to do my part. Um, I have a young daughter in this community that I'm raising with my husband, and we talked about what we can do to make this world a better place so that by the time she's old enough to start asking the hard questions, we can say we're doing our part to make a good difference. Um, my background, my experience, uh, this is the most appropriate role, um, for me to take when we're talking about, uh, public service and running for office, um, because I've tried more than 50 cases. I have represented more than a 1,000 clients, ranging from anything from large businesses all the way down uh, to children. Um, and I have worked uh, for as an attorney for more than two decades and run my own office uh, for a good chunk of that. That's
0: awesome. So you've been an attorney for how long now, approximately, said 2000? 2000...
2: Since 2006.
0: Okay. So tell us a little bit. So what, by you being an attorney, you've done personal injury. What are the main practices of law?
2: Sure. Um, I've done personal injury. I've done premises liability. I've done... Um, product liability. I've done construction defect. I've done uh, some criminal work. I've done some business work. I've done family. Um, I've done, as I said a moment ago, even some juvenile work. Um, so I've done a large range of work. Um, one of the benefits of having my own office, and this is part of why I opened it, is I can work for who I want to work for, and I can help the people who need help the most when they come into my office.
0: Okay. Are you more passionate about more personal injury? Like, what's your real passion?
2: Sure. Um, that's a good question. I'm passionate about making a good positive difference. And that doesn't just um, limit myself to the personal injury world. I mean, sometimes I'm paid by other attorneys to help them try cases. So some of my practice is another attorney will be going to trial next week. And they'll give me a call and they'll say, hey, I need a second. Are you busy? And I will try the case with them. I've done anything from uh, one day trials to, oh, god, I think uh, when I was four months pregnant, I tried a six week case sitting next to another attorney.
0: Are they calling you because they feel that you're such an expert? Or like, what's, why do you feel that they like you so much?
2: Sure, that's a good question. Well, probably because I'm awesome. (laughs)
0: That's a good answer. Uh, That is a good answer. (laughs) Danny always says he's awesome too. I do too. They always put me down though. They tell me I'm
2: not. (laughs) We got to keep him in check, you know? Um,
0: We don't want the celebrity status
2: to take him too far. (laughs) Um, No, I think what they're looking for, look, it is really hard to get trial experience. Um, I am lucky that I've had the amount of experience that I've had. Um, Part of it is some of the cases that I've taken. Some of it is some of the uh, people and businesses I worked for and um, so as a result I accrued a large amount of trial experience early in my career um, that we don't often see. Trials are expensive, trials are scary, um, trials can be um, too much of a risk for many clients and um, they're exposing for many clients so you get a lot of attorneys in town that have maybe tried a handful of cases at best so having 50 plus trials is, um, is pretty remarkable nowadays um, and like I said, it's from a variety of things. But I just got jobs where I had to try cases. And um, frankly, I've been taught that um, you do what you got to do. Uh, you, you try your best at the job that you're given. So when I had a case that was going to trial, it wasn't about being afraid. It was about doing the best job I could for my client and charging forward.
0: That's key. Yeah. That's key. You know, yeah. one thing I want to share with you, and I don't think I mentioned this to Danny, you know, when I first came out here 20 years ago, I was a Henderson cop and there was a a patrol cop that showed up when I was new. And he was like a senior guy and he's like, hey, I'm also the Henderson constable. And I was like, okay. And I didn't really understand what that meant. So I'm like, you're a Henderson cop. Henderson." I didn't really, you know, didn't really make sense. But he had an elected position as a constable and he was also a cop. And I always remember they were saying, you know, people would always talk smack about the guy that he was like double dipping and stuff like that. I never fully understood it. And then I always thought I wanted to run for politics in the future. And then over the years that I've been here, yeah, I noticed it was different, whether it's Clark County commissioners or the city of Henderson councilwoman. Like, there's always drama, and uh, it seems like either they wind up getting arrested or, you know, I don't know if this is every state. <laughs> I mean, there's always something in general. Um, I remember with Governor you know, Sisolak, um, I don't know who was the governor at the time, but he was dating a city councilwoman in henderson and there was drama there and then you know like a lot of drama so like it made me nervous in general and i'm not saying i'm a perfect person we all make mistakes in life and then you know people try to you're running for something they start looking for like the worst of the things to bring up of your past uh just like recently the sheriff who won i think he had a situation i don't know if you heard about it It was like a it was a stop and the person was like transgender no and he said like you know i don't know if you've seen that but you know, they, they know try the to find, the way and it's your, and what happens is the people that dislike you, that are jealous, bring up the past. I mean, the, the incident that happened to him was like twenty five years ago. And I don't even know the whole story, but what I'm trying to say it makes me nervous for running for something because I mean, you could be a perfect person, which is great, but I just get nervous, and then sometimes power jumps in, and like I said, you've seen other things happen with judges and so on. I guess what are your thoughts in regards to that? Because like I said, that's what kind of like pushed me away from doing it because I just felt that it, is isn't really worth it? I mean, it's not like you're making so much money, and then. Then there's also the corruption that takes place that, you know, like, hey, go buy this piece of real estate. You know, we work for, like, the county commissioner, you know. Like, this may be a good gas station, like, 20 years from now, you buy it. Or the city buys the actual piece of land that you own, that your that your husband is a business developer. You know what I'm saying? So I just get nervous with this stuff. So I'm just curious. I'm kind of rambling. But it's kind of like, what's your problem? My problem is that I feel that people, you know, they just the politics is just... Um,
3: I I, it's tough. It's I really agree. Tough. I agree with you. I mean, I always wanted to run for office. I felt I would be very good. I believe I'd be good for both sides, even though I lean right. I think we were talking before the show. I lean right. But I could see some of the left why they're doing what they're doing. So I could see both sides. But that always scared me because now it got so dirty they basically ruin your life. Then they threaten you with arrest, they threaten you with this, they threaten you with that, they bring people back from elementary school. I'm thinking to myself, it's not worth it. Politics <laughs> have got so dirty, it's not worth it to me to run, even though I'd, I'd love to run. And I think I would do good, but I'm too scared.
2: Well, You guys might be a little more interesting than me or have a little <laughs> bit more interesting past. Um, I, I, I'll be honest, I never thought I would do this. I never thought I would run for office. Um, I don't have any interest in being a public person, but what I don't like is injustice. I don't like unfairness. I don't like um, certain people being treated differently for things they cannot control. Um, I have for too many years um, seen, and and I'm not saying this is in every courtroom or even every judge, um, but I've just seen uh, injustice done in a courtroom, and I've seen how hard it is to recover from it um, so I stepped in and did this. Uh, but this, this was never a career goal. This was never a thought in my mind. I, I love the idea of having a private life and being a private person. But I also think when we're raising children in this world, and um, I, I didn't ask you, Dave, if you had children, but, or, sorry, Dave, if you, Dave, 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 we talked about <laughs> your kids. And I didn't ask you, Dan, if you had kids, but and when you're raising children in this world, you have to think, like, what are you leaving behind? What kind of world are they are they walking into? What kind of world are they growing up in? And you gotta do what you can to to make it the best world possible. Um, and my experience, my background, this is what what fits me the best. Um, so it wasn't a, a career goal or a design. And and frankly, some awful stuff happens in these circles. Um, you know, uh, there has been comments made about my child that aren't okay. Right. Um, because she happens to be in the picture, and I put her on the picture on my flyers because I'm proud of my family. Sure. You know. Um, I love my daughter. I love my husband. I, I love the little family we built. We had a daughter later in life. Um, So we're able to do it with with intention, you know. And I'm not saying younger people don't do it with intention, but when you have your... I had my daughter at 39, and my husband was in his late 40s. So it's very different than raising a kid in your early 20s. Um, You start to think, number one, we might only get one shot at this. So (laughs) we have to be a little more careful (laughs) here. And number two, um, you can really think about, like, school. You can think about... um, the environment she's in—you can think about every little thing. We we talk about, you know, how what we wanna what we wanna battle with her on, and what we're gonna let go. I mean, she dresses like a princess most days, right? And we've decided that's just not a battle we're gonna fight with her, right? Because you only get a certain amount of time in your life where you can dress however you want, right? I agree. So that's not true these days.
0: Huh? You dress all the time in different outfits, though.
2: <laughs> but I, I understand what
0: you're saying. Like, when
3: I, my, my kids are older, my daughter's, uh, my oldest daughter's 29, my youngest is 25. She'll be 26 there shortly. And uh, when they were growing up, I agree with you. My oldest daughter, she wanted to dye her hair. She wanted to dye her hair pink. They wanted to do this. And you know what? I just let them because I thought to myself, they're not. They're not trouble. All they're doing is doing this. Let them live how they want. Let them. If this makes them feel better about themselves, so let them do it. I never question it. So I. I totally agree with what you're saying. One hundred percent. The worst
2: problem is your kid wants to dye their hair. Yes. <laughs> your problems are pretty good. You yes. Know? Um, I. I wanted to be a nice person. I wanted to be kind. I wanted to be happy. You know, and those things are a little harder sometimes to make to make happen.
3: Uh, one thing I did hear you say. You said you wanted the court system to be more fair. Right. And and I, like I said, Dave and I were cops. I was a cop 27 years. The sit, we have a great system, 100%. It's a great system, the jury system, everything. But I think you would agree being an attorney and Dave too, it's not fair for everyone. Everyone has a little better start. They can hire better attorneys, okay? Uh, I go back to the O.J. Simpson case, okay? He had, you know, five attorneys, the normal person, including myself, could not afford five attorneys. I'd be lucky I could afford one attorney, okay? So the system is 100% not totally fair for everyone. Is that what you kind of feel too? Especially when it comes to bail, everything else.
2: We've definitely got issues with the system. I I, I agree with you that it's a it's a good system. Right. But like with any system, with any program, you can always perfect it. You can always make changes. Uh, and there's always going to be flaws and things to work on over time, um, because no matter how good a rule set is, no matter how good um, a law is, um, it evolves over time. You know, And um, one of the things about the judicial system and our judges is our role is not to, to write the law. I don't get to choose what the law is. I have to enforce it fairly and evenly across the board for everybody that appears in front of me. So one of the most important thing is that I have the experience when I take this job to understand what the law is in that court and what it, how it applies in certain cases. So that experience you asked me about earlier when you were asking me my background and what kind of cases I've worked on, um, that helps a lot in these positions because, I mean, I sit as a short trial judge right now and it is very rare that I get an issue in front of me that I haven't already had as counsel. So I know where the law is on something. I've never had a, excuse me, a case or a decision appealed or brought up on a writ from my short trial work.
0: Oh, that's good
3: yeah yeah that's
2: I'm really good. proud of that
0: you know I was just laughing because um, every week I'm trying to get these different videos that we talked about before the show right of different videos and I'm just I'm laughing when we have a personal injury attorney I'm thinking of one of the videos that I have like is there is this a personal injury claim and one of the videos is kind of funny I'll probably bring it up now um, so let's show that video because I'm already laughing about it um, I'm not sure if you've seen this online no it's the the roller coaster one yeah um, I don't know why I'm thinking personal injury. It's kind of like, let's watch <laughs> this video, right? It's kind of a crazy video. You tell me if, like, if you could sue anybody for this. Everyone who calls me the problem solver is like, "Can I sue this person? Can, I, can they do a contingency?" Anyway, this is a guy in a roller coaster. But watch carefully what happens. You tell me if they can make a personal injury claim. Go
4: ahead.
0: <laughs> so, do you see what happens? Did that fly in his mouth? <laughs> I can couldn't you, see. Can you play that again, like zoom in? So do you see what happened? No. I watched it two times. Watch what fly. It's a it's, it's a bird. Face hit a
2: bird. Yeah. What?
0: Oh, it hit him in the neck.
2: With his blood all over his face, Oh room. my god! Is it the bird's blood or his? I wonder.
0: I'm, I don't know. It's a good question. So I, I, I'm about this, is there fiduciary responsibility to keep those birds away from that roller coaster? No, I
2: I
3: don't think there's no lawsuit there. It's a crazy.
0: Video, right?
2: <laughs> well, that's an act of, like, that's like, uh, I think <laughs> they call call it? force of... majeure, uh, yeah. act of God, you know, it's out, yeah. it's out of, uh, and that, and, you know, I'm, I'm, I should be careful what I'm giving opinions on because something like that might come in front of me as a judge, but um, there is different, um,
0: unless they knew there was a pigeon problem nearby they didn't take care of and people were complaining. And they didn't De- take care of depends
2: that. Depends on, yeah, what kind of notice, what kind of notice I, they have. I, I, I I know, mean, is somebody feeding the birds next door? Like, is it one of their employees feeding birds? You know? It's possible. Then there's liability, nah. right? Yeah, I don't
0: know. I don't know. know why I get, you know, personally, because like, <laughs> people call me honestly all the time. Like, I had um, a phone call earlier today where it was like um, police brutality and, you know, lawyers didn't want to take the case. And so they call me, like, the problem solver, like, what are you doing? I'm like, you got to call probably 100 lawyers because the person doesn't want to pay any money to do a lawsuit You know, basically like police brutality, and they made like an internal affairs complaint and so on. And the guy's asking, like, what should I do? And I'm like, you you know, if you don't have any money, you can't sue unless you find someone. I said, these days, I think less attorneys are doing things pro bono um, because it's just expensive. I mean, you can't keep your lights on by doing everything pro bono.
2: This is true. It's hard Um, to find attorneys, especially
0: with these, um, everyone thinks like they have a police brutality. And I'm not saying every case is a perfect case, but like everyone thinks that these days the cops are... You know, like he tried to arrest me and he punched me. Like the police can punch you. You know, like everyone thinks the police need to be like softer these days. Right. But you, if you're resisting, but then you hear their side's different. You know. Actually, I asked him to come on the show. He wanted the way he started talking. And people, everyone sounds like a lawyer these days. So I want to wait till the statute of limitations is up because I don't want to basically show the video and so on. So I said, whenever you want to come on the show, you know, we could talk about it. Was it a police brutality case? I mean, the guy basically says it was, but he, you know, he made it sound like he was being trespassed. They wanted him to leave. And then eventually, basically, things got rough by the police. And he did internal affairs, and they said they feel they did nothing wrong. Right. But he still, you know, he called 15 attorneys. He thought he was making some, you know, like a law firm would handle it. And they wouldn't insist if you want to come on the show to talk about it. Actually, I think it's kind of cool to put the videos on so we can look at mm-hmm. it and, say, and talk about it. and Yeah. At least give our opinion from police experience not, because we're not attorneys.
2: From the non-legal perspective, because I have to, like I said, be careful about giving any legal opinion, it's interesting to always hear lay people's opinions about videos and and events. And when you ask a question like, should anybody get sued there, or was anybody liable for that, or who's responsible, it's interesting to hear what a person's opinion is that doesn't have a legal background, um, and how they assess the situation, and how they look at it. But I think a lot of us, too. Um that goes to where we should all be talking a little bit more and listening to each other a little bit more than we do right now.
0: Superfan Jason said, don't be an ambulance chaser. Roller coaster guy has no lawsuit. <laughs> uh, we have superfans that are attorneys on the side. Okay. I always love when super fan Jason uh, or Do I know Superman. Jason? Yeah, you've been messaging back and forth. You always forget. He's always like he's very big with communicating. Okay.
2: Didn't the same thing happen to like Fabio or Somebody famous? Like Oh,
0: you're right. Something
3: hit him in the face.
2: Yeah, on a roller coaster, Yes, right? you're
3: right. I do remember that. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I don't know how they... Like, who's filming that?
3: That's a good point. You know what? They probably unless it, do... Unless it was the front one. If it was the front... Don't they take your picture nowadays? And like, but that's video. Yeah, that
0: is video. That, yeah, I don't know. All right. So... Um, okay, jumping to another topic. Yeah. Um, we have another video because we're always doing crime prevention in general. Yeah and this is basically a a woman comes to someone's house i want to show the video and then um you tell me what you would do in general like would you even go to the door for this one but we're trying to bring up different crime prevention um things that are happening with crime that we want to make people aware so it's kind of interesting to see a video and then say what would you do with it you got the video let's go for that one
4: all right so this is going to be a little different than my standard content but i've seen a bunch of these videos go around on TikTok lately so i wanted to share my experience because this could help save someone's life Now, November of last year, this lady comes to my door at about 3.50 a.m. She doesn't knock or ring the doorbell. The only reason I know she's there is because my ring camera notified me somebody was walking around outside. Now, you might have seen or heard about these situations before where people will use women as decoys to get you to open the door or to lure you outside. and there are a bunch of guys hanging around the corner to perform a home invasion. I decided to open the door with my Second Amendment, and this is what happened.
1: What the fuck are you doing? It's 3 in the morning. No, you can't! Okay.
4: Get the fuck away from Now, as she left, you could actually hear her talking to a couple people, and you could hear a bunch of footsteps running through the rocks in my front yard. Please, people, be careful. Never open your door this early in the morning to anyone because it could be an attempted home invasion. Please be safe.
0: You know, I've been noticing more of these videos online where people are just being more brazen in general. Um, and then, so that's one issue about being brazen. The second thing is the ring camera. You know, I don't have a ring camera. You mentioned about the other day. Yeah. I think it's, I realized it the other day in my house. I feel like I really need to get one just so that it notifies you that someone's by your front door. Your I phone. agree.
2: Do you have one yet, you going to get one? I don't
0: have one yet, but I'm buying one, I think yes. at Costco they sell it, too. Do you have you, do you We have one. They're yeah. cheap, right? It
2: just doesn't go to my phone. My husband looks at it all the time. Can you both get the alerts? Yes, um, but I don't want it on my phone, because, like, and then every time someone knocks on the door, you get an alert, and depending on how, what sensitivity level you set it on, you could get an alert every time someone drives by your house. Ugh.
0: I kind of think, you know, the other day I was upstairs, because I have second floor, and I was thinking about it, that it would be good, really, to be notified me, you know, from downstairs to upstairs. So I was thinking like why do I really need it per se? Yeah. But I think it's really good and then a lot of people are capturing, you know, information from the you know, from the front. So yeah I think it's actually, and I think it's really reasonable. I don't think there's no monthly fee, is there, right? Uh
2: I don't think he pays a monthly fee. I think he just has to pay for it up front. I think it's attached to our Wi-Fi or something. Yeah, I think so. Too. There might be updates that you have to pay for, but I'm not even sure about that. Um I don't know. I mean for someone who's interested in who comes to their door probably a good thing where somebody who has these packages that get stolen yeah. from their door.
0: No, I actually, I'm actually very, I went to go to Costco to see what it costs in general. Right. But I think it's a good thing to have in general. I, I just want to, again, be careful that a lot of people just, we speak to a lot of people, the goal is not to go to your door, especially at 3 o'clock in the morning. There's nothing good for it whatsoever. And these days, honestly, to call the police it doesn't take 5, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, right?
3: Here's, here's the problem. It, it's a shame we can't help people anymore because you're afraid to help somebody because it looks like you can be set up as a crime victim. Mm-hmm. Uh, this girl, 100%, was setting that guy up. I, I could tell the way she was at that door. The other thing, uh, going back to crime prevention, which I taught for, oh, God, 20 years. You know, they like putting notes on your car, too. Okay, so you'll get in your car. You'll see a note on your car. You'll pull over, get out of your car. They want you to get out of the car to get that note. They're setting you up. Uh I, as a cop, and what I always taught was you got to just look at your surroundings. Every time you're going to your car, anywhere you're going, keep that instincts up, where you're going. A lot of people just look at their phone, they're dro- they're walking to their car, not looking around. You got to be aware of your surroundings nowadays. That's my opinion. What about you?
2: Well, your training and background is going to make you much more aware of yeah. everything around you. And it, you're also probably much more aware of potentially... Um, nefarious behavior than the average person. Oh yeah. Because of because of because of your exposure. Mm-hmm. Just like if you work in a law office, you're uh, you're conditioned to believe certain things about people because that's what you see all day long. Right. Um. Uh. I'm not always as conscious conscious as you're talking about with uh, my phone and being aware of being, right. looking at all my surroundings and everything. But I don't think it's a bad idea. I think it's. Never a bad idea to be more aware of what's going on around you and be alert. But I'll stop if someone's on the side of the road with a with a busted tire and I think they need help. I'm from the East Coast. We did that. <laughs> That's like... true. <laughs> That's true.
3: We do do that. Yeah. I agree with you. If
2: somebody has a broke down car on the side of the road on the East Coast, you people stop. People stop. Like, I um, agree. You know, it was it was almost I I cannot remember a time when I was a kid and I've driven some like hoopties right you know throughout my life because. You drive what you, do, what you can afford at yeah. you know, certain times in your life. So I've driven all kinds of cars, and um, thank God for good Samaritans at a lot of steps because, I mean, there were times when I didn't even have cables and you need to jump or something. Right. You know, or... Um, you know, you have one of these cars where you have to carry around water and pour it in, Yes. so that your car doesn't overheat. Oh operate. yes, I've had that. <laughs> and My you dad owned run out of that water. <laughs> My
3: dad owned the used car business. I never known what kind of car I was gonna get in. Sometimes it didn't start. Sometimes you'd have to bang the starter on the bottom for the car to start. I had all kinds of problems like that. Definitely working with
0: that used cars all the time. By the way, do you feel because of this video in general? Do you feel that um, th- why things are getting more like more violent? Like how you've been in Vegas? How long?
2: I've been in Vegas since two thousand. Well, since two thousand and five, I first got here. Um, do I think they're getting more violent? That's a good question. I think as do you feel we less unsafe these days? I think as we have economic downturns, you tend to have some issues because there is lack of opportunity, and there is oftentimes some panic that can lead to stuff. Now, um, do I think it's more or less? I don't know. And, and I'm not always sure how statistics are gathered. Because you know, you can make statistics look however you want them to look a lot of times, depending on how- So you don't, f- you
0: don't feel there's a real difference in your-, in your Everyone's different of how they feel. There's nothing wrong with it. I think me and Danny would say things are definitely more violent. I would, yeah. But like I said, you may not, you know, look, people, yeah, most people- Most people that go to work in general like that, right, they're not really, they're not feeling it unless you're a victim of a crime. I'll give you an example. I was in, actually in LA, I don't know if I told you this story. I was in LA, I was in a Ross, and I was walking, you know. And then uh, I also think there's a lot more mentally ill people that basically that are out there that have challenged with mental illness. When I was inside of Ross, and some guy looks at me, and probably because of my police background, I'm like checking out people more. But I don't feel like with this particular guy, I just kind of glance by, and he basically says, like, he was like, stop looking at me, you like gay, or something, you gay. He calls me something gay. And I remember I was very, um, you know, these days, since I'm not a cop anymore, I kind of feel like I would say something more because when you're a cop, like you have to you always like everything's watched even when you're off duty, right? So when you say something or do something, you're like more held at a higher standard. so so, if I did something, they would say, well, why'd you do that? I could lose my job, lose my pension, lose different things. So actually, when I walked by the guy, I felt like a victim. like this guy basically don't you know, had the right to say whatever he wants to say to me. The truth is what I did was I basically just um I saw that security saw them, whatever. He probably was shoplifting, and I because I glanced at him, he kind of did something to me. But I was thinking about doing like a verbal stun. I basically call him out, and I I don't normally do this, but I was getting mad that like now like I don't want to be a victim of a crime, even though I'm not a cop anymore, right? So right. I basically think I just said like I was like. Luckily, we can curse on the on the YouTube not on TV, but I, I think what I said to him was, like, get the fuck out of here! I'm gonna sh- I'm gonna blow your head off! Like, get the fuck out of here! Like, oh. like what I call like a verbal stun, and the police where we we call it a verbal stun in general. So the bottom line is, I did the verbal stun specifically to to get this guy. Like to, to scare him, and then security was like, "You better get this guy out of here before I shoot him in his head." Now the truth is, I wasn't carrying a firearm at the time in general. But the bottom line is, I felt that it was a verbal stunt. So the guy basically was aware of the situation, and basically he was he's slowly slowly walking out now. But I didn't know this at the time. I was thinking I was like I said, we try to have composure as, as police officers. I actually wanted to take the dress of the clothes and start pushing it to the guy, like to basically fight the guy. And I've never really been a big fighter in general. It just the way that it came off, it was just weird. Like I just right. had that sense. And sometimes I would joke around that that uh, maybe Danny will agree. Sometimes the police mode will come out of us when we're retired. Like there's something inside us like the Hulk. Would you agree with that? I agree.
3: It still comes back. Yes.
0: So, so the bottom line is is that it will come out, and basically we try to hold it in because when we're cops, if something happens, we may wind up um, we step it up. We step it up, but we can do that, right? Or we handcuff somebody or put them on the car, and so it comes out of us because we believe. Kind of like we're protecting ourselves, or yeah. we don't want to get injured, so we step up our game, and there's a little bit of a adrenaline rush that goes with it. So that's what happened to me that day. Anyway, the guy's walking out; they're calling the police. No one in LA wants to basically go hands-on anymore. He most likely was shoplifting, and long story short, it did work. But the truth is, I I didn't have my firearm with me. It was kind of stupid for me to do. It. I was talking about it on the phone today with somebody, but at the end we was walking out. Someone said they had a machete. Basically on his side. Jeez. So the truth is, even if I did that, you know, like now Shetty fighting the guy's mentally ill, you know. So anyway, what I'm trying to say is, pe- there's a lot more mental people that mental illness are out there. And then I also think that it's people are being more brazen with these robberies. There was a, a, up in like Sun City, basically some guy was trying to get robbed of his house, carjacking. So I just think that people need to be more aware. But everyone's different. Like if you haven't had a situation, like recently I just had a situation, so I'm I'm more like of a victim now. I felt more victimized in general.
2: I actually recently attended a um, neighborhood safety meeting um, following that Sun City incident um, because I thought it especially important for me running for office when I was invited to go and to listen to some of the concerns of the residents um, because that's a um, mostly seniors there Mm -hmm. and in that area and um, that was a pretty um, a pretty violent incident i don't Mm -hmm. know all the details um exactly because i didn't study it but i do know a little bit about it and um you know there's people in that neighborhood that are concerned for their safety now um and my husband is retired fbi um we're raising that little girl a three-year-old daughter um in this community so we're not uh by any means unconcerned about safety Um, we want a safe environment not just for our daughter but for all all children i'd be curious if the incident you're discussing it did you have your children with you no
0: okay i definitely would have done would not have done that if the kids were there okay. i mean it was de- it was definitely more of an animalistic thing that came out and knowing that the kids weren't there mm-hmm. but like i said these days i just don't want to be victimized anymore because i'm not in uniform do you get what I'm saying? listen
3: i i had the same thing happen to me in denver colorado mm-hmm. i was working for a law firm in denver colorado and our one of our attorneys went outside and this guy chased them Chasing this this guy with some mental illness who knows what why, why yeah. but he started chasing him And then my girlfriend came with me to one time and she got chased by this guy so then I'm outside on the phone with One of the attorneys and this guy starts saying stuff to me and I looked at him and I flipped I did the same thing you did mm. I said get the fuck away from me not fucking today, buddy I said not today and he looked at me and he got scared because I got right back in his face
0: mm. and he left It's kind of like PTSD a little bit for yeah cops. Because we, we we were never a victim when we were cops in uniform, so we don't want to be a victim now, but like we're kind of like, it's like we're handicapped because we don't have, the truth is the biggest weapon, you know what the biggest weapon on the police belt is? I don't like, know. What's I'm, the best weapon that, that a cop has?
2: Maybe the badge? I, I'm not sure.
0: It's actually, what was going say?
2: Is communication. Yeah, it's the radio. Yeah, okay. It's the radio
0: just to get backup, right? Like, hey, I need yeah. a backup, right? So it's not the gun. You're not using the gun every day. It's the radio to communicate to other cops. You need help, right? You can get a helicopter. You can get SWAT. You can get K-9, right? So the biggest tool is the communication with other officers to get people there. That's what he used to always say. Probably like academy question, like,
2: what's the best? we're like, the gun, gun, fire. Well, like, that's probably the biggest tool we all have, right, though? Is what? Like our ability to communicate with each other.
0: Well, I'm just saying, for police officers in uniform, you get like ten other cops, right? You, mm-hmm. you deescalate a problem by having ten cops in uniform. Especially, we call it like command presence by having uniform officers. Mm-hmm. It deescalates most people, unless you're mentally unstable. It's a different story. I, um,
3: I would say, could you guys hear me? Is the mic a
0: little bit? Go ahead.
3: Could you hear me now?
0: No, nope. it's Not a little ahead. low. Go ahead. You guys did it. Unplug or nope. what were you gonna say? Just we can hear you, but could keep you going. Hear me? No,
4: did you uh, actually unplug the thing there? I didn't
1: touch anything. <laughs> All righty. Go ahead, go ahead. I see, it, it. I see you fixed it, it. Go ahead. Was it me? No, no you're fine. Hello. Hi. Hi.
0: Um, Hi. So, okay, so let's just jump into one thing as his microphone, way it works. Here's a question for you that I have today. Sure. So today, um, I work with some different criminal defense attorneys. You know, as much as, of course, uh, I don't want, you know, I don't want anyone to be a victimized in general, but I also believe people have certain rights. You were saying, are the courts fair in general? So here's an interesting question for you. When you get arrested and you go to jail, they normally give a list to people that are in custody. It's a bail bondsman list. And the list is, I was actually on the phone with City of Henderson today, and I said, look, can you send me the updated list of all the bail bondsman companies that you know that, you, that are certified? It's like the name, the phone, email. Now this list is normally given to people that are in custody. Right, mm-hmm. so if you're at the jail and you want to bail out, they'll say, "All right, call this list. These people are, you know, licensed and certified." Blah blah blah. So, they're like, I'm not sure if I can give you the list. I'm like, "Why can't you give me the list? You're giving the list of people that are in custody." So, the person, of course, you know, like, I'm calling. They probably think I'm some crazy person. So, I basically said to them that uh, I'm sure with the Freedom of Information Act, I'm sure I can get this list. I don't want to go through the Freedom of Information Act. I just want you to provide the list. So, that, again, I could tell that they probably thought I'm nuts. But the bottom is I want to see the list of who's on the list, right? Then uh-huh. the second thing is why, if you think about it, we talk about jail reform. This is where I want to get into play with. Why don't they give a list of lawyers? Why does it have to be bail bonds? Because if you're into jail reform, right, the bail bonds are making money. They're making 15%. So why isn't there not a list of licensed criminal defense attorneys? Because you don't need always the bail out. You just need a lawyer that's going to come to court and request, you know, make a motion to basically get someone released on... Um, or an OR without having to pay bail of 15%. So we're giving this list out, but the truth is it's really a money list. It's really for the bail bondsman to make money. You could just wait the next morning or a few hours to court, or maybe you would call an attorney, and maybe like Danny's a really good criminal defense attorney. Maybe he would go down to court for free just to get the guy released. And then from there, if he wants to sign up, and he signs up.
1: I feel like it's just jail. They just want to make it hard on you.
0: But anyway, so my ho- my point, I bring this up to them. Well, they said, well, wh- wouldn't it be like a yellow pages? Like, I don't know if do you guys even have yellow pages anymore. Like, why can't you give a list of lawyers? Why does it have to be a bell bonds? And you're kind of pushing people to bell bonds, and she kind of looked a little bit upset. But if you think about it, it's really true. Like, why do we have to give, if you're going to give a list of bell bonds, I mean, the bell bonds was not going to help them protect them in court. Why not give a list of lawyers that do criminal defense? And she kind of already started making excuses. Well, that would be like a long list because we would have to have, you know, all licensed attorneys. I'm like, okay. Well, you're giving a list to bail to Give a list for all lawyers, right? Like, let people look through the list of lawyers to call to get them out of jail, or maybe they want to hire them right away. Like, you provide that. Like, why are we doing the bail? Because it's an old way of doing it. I know I'm rambling, but what's your take on that whole
2: situation? Um, it's probably a better question for a justice court uh, uh, judge because. But just in do general, I mean, first. it's like. But I, I mean, maybe with the lawyer thing, there's probably a worry of recommending a lawyer.
0: No, but it's just it could be every single lawyer, right? Like the Bell Bondsman list is every Bell Bondsman. Like that's every licensed. criminal
2: lawyer who wants to be on that list just says, "Put me on that list," and then there's just some massive list that they give out. Yeah,
0: I mean the list is actually eight pages long for Bell Bondsman that they give.
2: I mean, there is a list like that at the. You can call the state bar office and get a list for almost any area. of True, law but when you're
0: in jail, they're not going to. Yeah. They're not emailing a faxing list at the jail. Hey, cell okay. one twenty two, send it over. <laughs> What'd you take, Denny? It's interesting. It just it just recently. Kind of came to me. Um, don't you take Like shouldn't they, shouldn't they be a lawyer? list? maybe lawyers would want to go down instead of. Well, I can tell you, just working for the criminal law firm, I I
3: know that the lawyer always wanted them out. Am I right, Dave? I mean, they do want them out. So I would say call the bail bondsman. Why? I, because the lawyer. I mean, every time the the lawyer wants them out of jail. Yeah. So the lawyer's not going to get them out to the next morning. You know what I
0: mean? Maybe if he does a bail argument. Right. Okay. That's what you're saying. <clears throat> but these these now this weekend, Saturday and Sunday, this court. Okay. So even if it's Friday you're arrested, Saturday morning this court at like eleven or one, the attorney could show up I and mean, you don't have to use a public defender. Right. You, if you have a list of private attorneys, maybe they would come down there. Like, why can't I get a list? I'm stuck in jail. I don't know who to call. If there's a list of different lawyers or different numbers, just like the Bell Bondsman. You know the Bell Bondsman is like bikini bell bonds. Right. Um, <laughs> kind Bell bonds. I mean <laughs> right. it's not like they're giving a novel, it's a name and a website and a phone number. Right. Like Kind Belmont, you know I like, mean? It's just a name. I mean, so why don't I have a list of licensed lawyers that they would call? Because I'm sure there's some lawyers that we, even though they want the business, like they would want the business, they may want to go down there and help them get out so they can sign up with that law firm. Right. Like it's actually a good business strategy for a criminal defense lawyer to do that, right? Right. I just think, you know, it's funny. You call, everyone's always like so defending the system. And I was the cop. You know what I'm saying? Like I was the cop. I'm saying it's not right. They're right. Like They should, you want to help somebody. Don't just give the list of a, a list that's really making money for a bell bondsman. And I'm, I'm okay with the bail process. I mean, that's another story, but I'm just saying, I just think a list of lawyers would be nice to people than just the bell bondsman. all they're about is like the first question you have, do you have any money? Do you have any people that have money to help you bail out? It's all about money in regards to that. Um, anyway, this world is about money. If you don't have it, you are de- left behind.
3: That's the fact. Well, that's the problem with the justice system. So that's what you <laughs> that's said. The
0: fact. Are the courts fair? So I guess we could we could fair. talk about personal injury fair. or other things. Why do you say, do you feel the courts aren't fair? What, what improvement do we need in the courts? Because I think that's definitely an issue um, in regards to giving a list of lawyers to people that are in custody. I think it sounds very, very simple, just we haven't done it. No one said anything.
2: I mean, I think economics play a bigger role than they should in many, many court decisions. And... I think we have to explore ways of fixing that. Um, Judges have to be more aware of their own prejudices and biases uh, in the economic arena, in the racial arena, in the gender arena, um, in various other spots as well, um, so that their fairness can be across the board, um, so that laws are enforced fairly and equally, um, regardless of your race, gender, or economic status. Um, I would love to tell you that wasn't a problem in the in the courthouse, and we, it wasn't an issue. But if it wasn't and it wasn't a problem, I probably wouldn't be running for judge. Because as I said, like I had no designs on being a politician and being in this role. It is not. There are parts of running for a judge that are um, pretty difficult, and it's exhausting. And you have to ask a bunch of people for money to contribute to your campaign because mm-hmm. uh, you're competing against most of the time you have somebody else in your race that is also raising money. So money plays a role in these races that um, many of us wish it didn't. Uh, but we're looking at better solutions to, to deal with that. And unfortunately, um, there's not a solution that people come up with that are agreeable. So to when you
0: mean when a lot, so by the way, so I, I commend you because I see you on social media, which I'm not sure the other people are running for judges and so on different things. I know that you're all over the place these days. So what are the key factors that you stand for when you speak at these different places, you're all over the place. Like, so what are things? I'm I'm bringing up different things. Sure. Are there certain topics that you want to talk about that are interesting? Like when we talk about what the courts are fair, is there something specific, or what are the topics that you talk about when you when you meet people?
2: Okay, if it's generally, in regards to change, yeah. If it's generally, and I get to speak about whatever I want, um, uh, in the judicial sense, I talk about my community activism, uh, my experience and my background coming into this position. And how important it is that you get experienced judges in the spot, how important it is you get judges that care about the community in this spot, and how important you get judges that have actually been active in the community and doing things in the community. Um, A couple years ago I started a women's group uh, where I uh, bring together women from all kinds of backgrounds and we usually have a speaker come in and talk about some topic that is important to women. Um, we've had one uh, meeting on mental health, we've had a meeting on estate planning, we've had a meeting on knowing your rights, um, what we brought in a, um, uh, a prosecutor who would talk about your rights if you were a victim of a crime, and we brought in someone from the ACLU to talk about um, your rights if you're uh, dealing or communicating with a police officer. Um, and I think uh, those kind of community uh, groups and some community activism is important, especially if you're going to run for any kind of public office. So if you're looking at those kind of things um, before you vote for somebody, if you're wondering what they're, what they're doing, what they're busy. Now, this isn't like a regular spot where I get to have a platform, like if I'm running for city council or if I'm running for uh, mayor or something. I get to have a very clear platform, like this is what I want to do when I get elected. But with a judicial position, it's about um, being fair with how you enforce the law and having the knowledge when you get that spot. Um, to be able to um, effectively function. Another issue, too, I run a business. And, you know, when you run your own business, you don't get paid if you don't work. Mm -hmm. Um, So that transfers over in this kind of position, in a legal position, in a a judicial position, where you essentially, you run your courtroom. And it is important uh, not just that you are fair and uh, just with how you enforce the law, and not just just that you're familiar with the law, but that you understand how to run an efficient courtroom because... Um, you don't want to come to a courtroom and your hearing is at nine o'clock and you don't get hurt till eleven thirty because if you're running your own business, if you're uh, if you've got something else you have to do, that could seriously put out your day, not to mention the fact that that costs the taxpayers money because now everything's delayed. So um there's an efficiency issue too, and you want people in these positions that have some experience preferably running something or managing something before they, before they get there. And I've run my own business now since 20, well, I opened in 2014, but it became my full job in 2015. And, um, you know, you have to manage staff. You have to uh, figure out payroll. You have to uh, keep the lights on. And uh, you have to also make sure you're caring for clients. Now, in the judicial sense, your clients are the, the parties that are appearing before you. Um, you don't have the same um, relationship with them. Um, because you're in a uh, hopefully in a neutral position. It's important to be neutral.
0: In Department Eleven, what is it specifically for? Is it for what's Department Eleven like? Is it is personal injury? It's what is it?
2: Sure. Um, Department Eleven is a criminal civil court. Um, it uh, these these change these departments. It's one through thirty-two departments, and they will change um, depending on what is needed. So there are some departments that are strictly one hundred percent civil. There are some departments that are a mix of civil and criminal, and there's even a full-on business department. Um, So it really just depends on, there's a rotation depending on what the judge's experience is and depending on what the court needs. Now, right now, we have a massive backlog um, from COVID of um, civil cases that need to get through the system. Um, if anybody who works in a civil law office knows that they have clients that have been waiting, in some cases, years to get their case to trial. Now, it doesn't mean that all those cases should go to trial, but those cases need to be um, set up to go to trial. They need to go through whatever process they need to go to prepare for trial. Mm-hmm. If there's a possibility of resolving them before trial, we need to try to do that. And um, there has been a stronger um, emphasis, I believe, in the courts in the last few years focus a little bit more on trying to get people to settlement because one of the issues with trial and um you know attorneys know this it doesn't necessarily end a case your client can get a verdict that they're super happy with Mm -hmm. but if your client's super happy with the verdict the other side might not be and the other side might appeal and then your case continues
1: continues yeah
0: when you say criminal civil court that means what like regular criminal cases
2: Lower criminal stuff, misdemeanors, um, uh, and even some felonies um, start out in justice court. So, in order to get a criminal case up to this court, it has to be bound up by the justice court. Um, But uh, I did bring the statistics. So, so where where you start the uh, quote?
0: Basically, the
1: arraignment for district
0: court. So basically, you're in district court. So basically, it's the arraignment and then basically setting it for trial.
2: Um if it's criminal, it'll start in um uh justice court, but the vast majority um if I'm elected to this position, it'll probably be 100% civil uh department. Why is that? Uh because of my background and my experience and because of the need currently in the court system. Um like I said, the the biggest backlog right now, if you look at these numbers, last year 2021, we had 24,000 civil filings in this court and 7,682 criminal filings. So more than three-quarters of the filings are civil filings. At the moment, we don't have more than three-quarters of the judges with civil trial experience. So we are short judges that have civil trial experience, have the appropriate trial experience uh, to do this job, unfortunately. Um, why, Why is that the case?
1: No, I said, wow. Yeah. And then even, you know, with COVID, I didn't believe it when they said, you know, um, that these uh cases wouldn't even get seen so like two thousand twenty
2: three two thousand twenty five yeah, that's some long of the time cases to wait. take a really long time, and by the time you have your day in court um, uh, sometimes I mean if you're talking about the personal injury, sometimes the person's already recovered from their injury, mm. or uh, sometimes you figured out that they've got a permanent issue at least you know that's one of the benefits of how long some of the stuff takes, um but you have to allow discovery to be done. And unfortunately, even with COVID, there were delays in discovery. Um, and, and now we're trying to push things through to get things heard and to get them through um, to trial, to verdict, so that hopefully we can resolve them. And the cases that are appropriate for uh, settlement conferences or resolutions, um, hopefully we're moving toward them. Now, the paper I give you shows you much more than just the district court, but the first one is your district court filings. Mm-hmm. If you notice, there's also a ton of family court filings too. Um,
0: I wonder, you know, since first you see the twenty four thousand, I wonder if you go back the last like ten years, what that number is every year. Like, was it much less? Or
2: I went back a few years and looked at this, and mm-hmm. uh, civil is, oh, has has been higher than criminal um, for quite some time by quite a bit. Um, was it as high as twenty four thousand in previous years? There was some, I, if I remember correctly, and I'm speaking from memory. I think there was one with a twenty one thousand, um, but there are a lot of civil filings every year. Um, Now some of them go into, uh, there's an ADR system, Alternative Dispute Resolution System. Um, So if the case is worth less than $50,000 and it's filed in this court, it'll go into the Alternative Dispute Resolution System, which I currently work in now as a court-appointed arbitrator and court-appointed short trial judge.
1: Actually, yeah, I do want to know why. Why is there a shortage in judges?
2: Why is there a shortage? Mm -hmm. Um, Well, essentially, last cycle, we got a lot of people with criminal experience uh, elected. Oh, okay, because uh, but, of experience. Yeah, but part of the issue really is is civil judges can make a whole lot more money practicing civil law. So, many of them don't run for judge. It's hard to run for judge. It's expensive. It's exposing your whole life and your family and you guys talked about it earlier. I mean, ju- the judicial positions people don't care about the same way they care about some of the other ones, but I mean, when when your life's going to be exposed this way, it's tough, yeah. Yeah, and there's an argument like, why would you bother? Why wouldn't you just stay practicing law? Um, you're comfortable there. Mm. Comfortable. You make more money. Um, you know what you're doing. You you can make your own hours a little bit more probably. Um, you know, in district court. You you got to show up every day. You you can't let your office run itself. If you do, you're going to be in trouble. What does that day um,
1: look like? like eight to five <laughs> like all day you <laughs> um, sleep there too or whatever? well it's question
2: it's it's interesting that you asked that question because um you know there's a lot of uh issues right now with what kind of hours that people are keeping and especially after coming back from covid mm-hmm. because we had a lot of people working remotely and now um, a lot of the push is to get everybody back into their offices but that's overall i think with a lot of uh, places in town in general and then you have A lot of business owners and you have the court system dealing with are we gonna let people continue to work remotely and if so how efficient are they being in that process you know um, and 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 I think different fields are seeing different success there Mm -hmm. I don't know if any of you guys are on LinkedIn with some of this but there's definitely discussion about working from home and if people are more um, Efficient working from home. I know a lot of people are happier working from home. I mean, you can basically work in your pajamas a lot of times. And you save yourself on your commute. Um, saves Reci- in-
0: Reci- you can't do that for a judge, right?
2: <laughs> Ideally not. But you are wearing a robe. So <laughs> yeah. who knows what's like your knees. underneath. Um, no undergarments. <laughs> I've had judges come out from behind the bench, and they've got jeans underneath that robe or shorts. Right. Yeah. You know, um, they're a little more careful doing that. Um, if I'm sure
1: it's not nothing like being in court though you know like even with attorneys so it's the exciting part of like being in court
2: well people need their in day in court a lot of times mm-hmm. um, but we've also seen sensationalized court systems uh, or a court um, court because of what we see all over TV you know um, I've tried a lot of cases and I have to say to my clients when they like I want my day in court uh, your day in court might not be what you think it's gonna be. Yeah. There's very few like Perry Mason moments. And when I train other attorneys to try cases, I tell them that too. You're you're not gonna have these great moments that you think you're gonna have. And when you That's do true. experience that kind of moment, you might not even notice it until later. Like I've had some fabulous verdicts come back. And at the time when I'm sitting at the table listening, sometimes I I, I recognize like, hey, this might be a big moment and take a moment and like really absorb it. But a few times, especially early in my career, it was just like, okay, just another day. Like, let's, let's get this happening. And I had to think about it later. Like, this is a big moment, you know? Your client sitting next to you. This is their moment. This is their moment uh, to have their case heard, to have their case decided. Mm-hmm. And it might be the only one they get. Um, so mm-hmm. it is really, I mean, we get to do amazing things as attorneys. I mean, I know you guys work in legal field too. But like, people call us because something's wrong in their life. And we get to come around and fix it. Like that's super amazing when you think about it. Yeah. You know, not everybody gets to do something like that with their life and um, ease their with the, mind
1: and their yeah. troubles, yeah.
2: With their career. Like I, I hope that everybody every one of my clients have been better off because they met me. And and many have openly said that to me, like, Thank God I met you. Like you've saved my life. And it just feels like it feels so good and it feels like, okay, we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. We're we're making a difference in this world. And a positive difference, because hopefully an attorney's getting somebody um, unfortunately at a bad time in their life and helping them get through that to get to a place where they can they can move on and um, and, and get through that bad spot and and hopefully not have to relive it. Right. You know?
0: How do you make the 24,000 filings? like how do you decrease that? like what are you going to do? I mean is that all judges have to get together and like like how do you make that five thousand? Okay, because it's all taxpayers' not, money, right?
2: Yeah, you're probably not going to decrease the amount of filings, like the amount of cases that get filed. However, you can decrease the amount of pending by moving them through the system. So,
0: basically, you're, you're th- pressing the lawyers to basically just negotiate.
2: You can press to negotiate. Mm-hmm. You can you can press them through to trial. Um, you know, it's not so much you don't want to rush a rushy case, but at the same time, there are cases that are ripe to move forward and to be tried. Um, and there are, um, you know, we have a lot of attorneys in town that get paid by the hour and unfortunately, um, some of them, uh, it creates a conflict situation every once in a while where, um, the way the attorney's getting paid versus the way, um, the case to get to settlement are almost out of conflict. So if an attorney's getting paid by the hour, they arguably get paid more as the case goes on. So what's their motivation to settle or resolve the case? when it works against them. Now, right. we have you have a duty as an attorney. You're supposed to be getting your client to resolution and doing what's best for your client, not what's best for yourself. But technically right there, the, you got a little bit of a conflict situation.
1: Mm-hmm. And then there's arbitration.
2: There's arbitration, there's uh, short trial, there's mediation, there's various alternative routes that you can take to getting to resolution. Um, and some of them, are very successful um, in the family arena. Some of them are, are, are actually built very well into the system. Um, in family cases when people go and file a divorce, there's uh, pretty much an, a, a mandatory mediation for people to sit down if there's kids involved where they sit down and talk about mm-hmm. how they're gonna break, break down the, the custody arrangement. Yeah. you know, So um, hopefully they've come to an agreement peacefully Right, because so it sometimes it's hard to communicate,
1: judge. so you just need that mediator. Yeah. And most of the time, you know, you just get it resolved that way. So I see.
0: So what do you thought to the new thing that came out? Explain to Jason, if you, um, Danny. Jason. I, I, I was,
1: know who's I was telling the <laughs> super fan Jason. I was
0: telling him to come to the Zoom room. Okay. Um, He's cheating on Explain you, Danny. the situation <laughs> with Kobe Bryant with the photos, and let's get her opinion because um, someone was, you know, the the verdict just came out in regards right. to Kobe Bryant the settlement. T- tell us a little bit of the story of what happened, because I really didn't follow it. To well, the I, mean, I think we all know what happened with Kobe. Um, with the photos. Yeah, of course.
3: And, and listen, what, you know, being a detective, you know, I was a detective for 14 years, I would yell at my guys all the time, don't take pictures with your cell phone. Because they could take your cell phone in court, you know that, as an attorney, and they could use this as evidence and get all your pictures. I used to tell them, don't even put notes on your cell phones, don't do anything with your cell phones. Well, I guess... The accident happens, they take pictures with their cell phones, and they share them with everybody. I don't know if, I don't know, honestly, they just said emergency workers, so I'm not sure if it was cops, uh, EMTs, uh, you know, whoever was there, the firemen, but they shared these photos, of these death photos of Kobe and his daughter, which is horrible, and I'm glad the jury, or I'm glad they settled for $16 million or whatever it was, yeah. because I, I believe she deserved it. I, I think it's awful. You know, that's your loved ones, and they're they're giving
0: pictures to people. It's, I think it's awful. They were saying it's thirty-one million dollars in the lawsuit. For I the thought photos. it was sixteen. Okay, thirty-one. Well, this one says widow ordered sixteen million trial over crash photos. This one says jury awards plaintiffs thirty-one million lawsuit over Kobe Bryant crash. I don't know. Maybe they messed up.
1: Selling them too. I think
0: it's $6 million. What's your take on that? You think that? I mean, basically, it's tax money, right? Sixteen million dollars is coming out of like Los Angeles,
2: right? Isn't that? Is that who the def- the defendant was?
0: I thought it was because it's the city workers, right? Yeah. It's like the cops or the ambulance yeah. people, right, in general. I would assume. If we got sued, they'd sue the city, right? Unless it they says sued us personally. $16 million as part of a $31 million jury verdict Wednesday against Los Angeles County for deputies and firefighters sharing grisly photos of the NBA star. So it's, it's basically money coming from it's taxpayer money.
2: right? When they million. make a deal so that there was no appeal? Um, I
0: didn't really is that know where the,
2: the 31 became 16?
0: I'm assuming, is that what normally happens? They make a daily I,
2: I mean, here's the thing. Once you have a verdict, um, there, oftentimes there is a settlement post verdict or even pre verdict um, to, to end the case. Because the unfortunate part is, and this is what not everybody realizes, is that a verdict doesn't necessarily end case.
0: It says the pictures were shared mostly between employees of the LA County sheriffs and fire departments, including by some who are playing video games and attending an awards banquet. Also seen by some of their spouses, in one case, a bartender at a bar where a deputy was drinking.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, it's kind of interesting. A lot of, I mean, these things do happen in general. Of course, I'm sure there's new policies right now, right? Because of Kobe, probably like a Kobe Bryant policy for police and law enforcement. Right. But I mean, people used to always say not take photos. I mean, like, I think cops not saying it's right, I mean, they should be held to a higher standard. But, you know, sometimes they take out their phones and they take pictures, which they shouldn't be. Uh, but sharing it, I mean, kind of crazy. this cop at a bar. That's crazy. But anyway, so you feel, someone was saying that the $16 million, is that not, he was worth like $300 million. But I mean, I guess how much money? I, you know? But
3: I think it was her was the, the point of it. I don't think it was money to her because she's, she's going to be a millionaire for the rest of her life. She
1: has money.
3: Right, she has money. This was the point of it. And I agree with the, sometimes I don't agree with these lawsuits at all, but this one I, I'm
0: 100% for. Got. 100%. Any, any opinion you want to share about that?
2: I don't know enough about the lawsuit. Uh, I mean, just in general.
0: And you got cops, basically, or firemen. Taking photos
2: and well, I, sure. I mean, there's. I'm sure there's policies and protocol in place. And I think that you have a duty to follow the policies and protocol Kay. that you've you've agreed to. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure what would have been the reason for sharing the photographs.
0: I mean, there's no reason. I mean, maybe um, I mean, it's a celebrity that probably... Hey, did you see what happened to Kobe Bryant? The yeah, look the photos. yeah, look at this. Yeah, I mean at those this, are yeah. probably
2: pretty grues- gruesome photographs. Yeah.
0: So since a lot of things you do are personal injury, is anything we talk about again? You always, I kind of wrote this down when you said this. You said, are oh, the courts fair? What are things in personal injury world that basically are not fair?
1: I was gonna ask that. Like, <laughs> sure. <laughs> do judges do that? You know. <laughs> what do you? What, um, I'm just
0: saying. What do you think that's not fair? Yeah. That you think that should be changed in the personal injury world since car accidents is the, the biggest thing I think all over the U.S. these days, you know, injuries. Like, what do you think would be changed? If you, if you could just, like, do some sprinkle, um, sprinkle dust all over, the, all over the court system in general for the state, what would you do that you think needs to be changed or modified? Since you, because you sure. predominantly did more personal injury. And yeah. since so many people call you because you're, like, more of an yeah. expertise in that, what would you change? What would be – I have no clue, so I'm asking you.
2: There's um, got to be, like,
0: one thing that you really – that you think that should be changed.
2: Well, I think we have biases and prejudices in jurors okay. that we haven't figured out the best way to flush out in this election process. So as a result, um, we get jurors that we don't necessarily... Should be on there. Sometimes, yeah. And, um, and uh, we need to find better ways of evaluating that. We need mm-hmm. to uh, explore um, uh, what we can look at for possibly uh, putting... Um, assessing any uh, racism, biases, uh, biases, prejudices, um, because there's a variety of stuff that we all walk in, whether we think it or not, we all have prejudice and biases. Mm -hmm. Now, it doesn't mean that um, the person is wrong for uh, uh, every case in a courtroom uh, or every case at the courthouse. It just means maybe they're wrong for this case because of their own personal biases and prejudices. And um, you have to find a good way to flush that out. Uh, we've got questions and uh, policies that are in place right now. Um, and there's different procedures in each courtroom. And the judges get to somewhat control that. Um, the judges get to, a lot of times, um, get to determine uh, how far the questions are going to go. And the judges get to rule on strikes that we get. Because, you know, you get a certain number of strikes. You get, a, you get to get rid of jurors for two different reasons. There's preemptory. There's preemptory and uh, for cause strikes. So if somebody actually says something um, that makes them uh, clearly an unfair juror in a case, you can use it for cause strike and get rid of them. And you have unlimited for cause strikes, and, but you have a certain number of preemptory strikes that uh, you're limited in number, and once you run out of those, you don't get to get rid of any more people. So um, uh, many courtrooms are using something called a modified Arizona method with how they do the jury selection in place. And, but there's various other methods too. Um, so I think that we probably need to do a better job of sussing out biases and prejudices in jurors.
3: I, I'm going to say the way the country is divided right now, and th- I've never, I mean, I'm 53 years old. I've never seen the country this divided. I believe this is going to hurt the jury system hugely. I don't want to use a Trump thing, but honestly, it's going to hurt it because you got liberals, who think cops, anything they do are wrong. Mm. And then you have the Republicans who think cops are God. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you're going to have two things. You're going to get these jurors on there. And there's going to be some jurors that are never, ever, ever going to believe a cop. And then there's going to be jurors that are going to believe the cop's word is gold. So I think you are going to have problems with the jury system because of the way this country is split. And the politicians split us. We didn't split us. They split us for votes and that's the truth and it and i'm getting angry because that angers me because the way they made this country they're even going to hurt our justice system that's my opinion
2: I, i think that we have way too i i mean we have a lot of division right now and we have a lot of people that are benefiting from the division right and 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 almost lighting flames and fires to push us farther apart now the problem we have is after november and frankly, even before November, we need to be coming together right now and talking about how to solve problems. Now, one of the benefits I have with this judicial position is that it is a nonpartisan position. I go into all rooms, far left, far right, everything in between. And that's really good because I get to hear so many different perspectives and thoughts. And, you know, it doesn't mean I agree with everything that happens in one room or another, because I don't think any one of us are all one way or another. You know, uh, but I think we all need to do a lot more talking and a lot more listening to each other specifically. Um, Understanding. Yeah, because I, I don't, at the end of the day, we, we all want a safe place to live. You know, we all want a better world for our children. We all would love good schools for our children. You know, uh, we want to be able to run our businesses. We want to be able to, to, to have careers. We want to feel good in our life. We want to feel safe. We want to feel happy. You know, we, a lot of us want so much of the same things, and in some ways we've pushed so far apart. Um and, and and there are certain people that like I said they're they're fanning these flames, especially I mean, you're on Twitter, right? Yeah, of like, course. Like you see some stuff on Twitter and, and it's just out of this world. Like I swear people are just it, it's it's for clicks and and likes mm-hmm. and everything else and, and it's happened to almost everybody that if it hasn't happened to you guys yet, it probably will at some point where somebody will go after you just for clicks and likes, especially if you've got enough following. And or that
1: it's negative. It's easy to, you know. I, I've
3: help. had I had people pretend they're me on TikTok. I had four different people pretend they were me. I had to report them to TikTok. Why? I don't know. They well, took. You have they, the 70, they, they, they've done that followers. to me too. Yeah. They 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 One pretend that they were was me.
1: Like, I saw you on Tinder. And I'm like, I don't have a Tinder. What are you talking about? Screenshot that to me. Report it now, please. Right.
3: <laughs> yeah, honestly. You happen- Were you on Tinder?
1: I wouldn't be surprised. I've never, i never been. I don't even that know that what Tinder you.
3: is. I'm too old. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what Tinder is. Do you, do you know, you know, I know it's some kind of dating
0: thing or you know something. Do you know what a chicken Tinder is? Yeah, I know what chicken <laughs> tender is.
1: <laughs> so wait, 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 wait. Who selects the jury?
2: Uh, well, okay. We bring the jurors? in jurors. And the, uh, both sides get to ask questions. And, we is. Uh, the court brings in a certain number of jurors to start, and then both sides the, uh, the counsel. And, and sometimes there's more counsel than we think on each side, right. depending on the parties. Because I heard a
1: good attorney knows the judge. So, <laughs> so would you like have, you know, if you have a good relationship with the judge, you know is it possible that they would have jurors that um, were are leaning more towards you know your case like your favor in the case or no well not? this is the
2: stuff we shouldn't have ideally okay but it's there ideally we should all be getting a would fair you, shake in this you would of... change that uh, i don't believe that's okay um i sit as a short trial judge right now and there is not favoritism from one side or the other now we are in a small community so a lot of us know each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is rare that I get counsel in front of me that I don't already know from one reason or another. However, if you cannot be fair, if, if you have impartial. this, the, yeah, if you cannot be impartial like the relationship mm-hmm. you're talking about, then you shouldn't be sitting there as a judge. Mm-hmm. Um, you <coughs> should be. You should be acknowledging that you can't be fair in this and case and like you say, neutral. Yeah, because mm-hmm. there are plenty of other cases that you could bring into your courtroom. I mean, mm-hmm. twenty-four thousand. You know, so there's know, plenty right? other cases. Right. If you can't be fair on this one, send it to the judge around the you know, the judge down the hall or the judge in the next room and bring in a new one. Um, but um, y- you have to assess that. You have to fairly assess that. And some of us are not the best at evaluating ourselves.
1: Okay, because it's hard to take a look in the mirror sometimes. Not but for uh, me. You know what? I can do it too. And I'm pretty aware. And you know
0: it. <laughs> Let's grab a mirror. Somewhere. I okay. <laughs> right, so listen, is uh, Superfan Jason on the Zoom room? He
4: is. Let's see if he has
0: audio. Oh, God. Let's see if he has audio. I don't know I don't know who Super Fan Jason let's is. Let's see who Superfan Jason is. Uh, I is. I hear you just fine. Oh perfect. So ju- you're just on Hi, audio, Jason. right?
1: He's oh, there we right go. go, there we go, there we go. Oh okay.
0: Superfan Jason. Jason. You met Jason before, no? Of course I did. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are best friends. He doesn't like media. some of my comments though. I'm Jason. glad of the comments though. Most so, of them. Super fan yeah. Jason, tell us, I just wanted to, we're trying to do more Zoom room things, so I know that you're vocal, so any other questions you have, anything for us, questions, or for uh, Anna, who's basically running for district court judge?
4: Not so much questions, but I can I make it a, a, more of a statement than a question? Yeah, go for but, it. Um,
0: nothing bad about Danny.
4: Nothing bad about Danny, okay. or anyone for that matter. Okay. You were talking before about uh, jury selection and what, how to make it more fair. Mm-hmm. I got called for jury... In June, uh, I was released from it, but uh, excused from it. Uh, but a big problem that I had was that it was only offering $40 a day. I know that it, it's a civil responsibility, but $40 a day doesn't generally cover people's bills to, to get to and from the courthouse.
2: It's like good gas money nowadays. $40 yeah. barely covers the lunch if you have to buy it in the The court parking house, is so $50, you so you're
3: down 10 I think there <laughs> should be a lot that your employer pays you.
4: I, I, that's my opinion. If, if, if you well, they they do make provisions for that is required by the employer, but you're required to take PTO for that. So yeah, it, it I think part of the my personal opinion is part of the
1: especially if you're being called by the law. Is, okay, you're
2: gonna it, you're gonna hate my response, but I'm, I've got to tell you this is something to bring up with somebody running for the state legislature, because they have to change it. And they can change the numbers by changing the NRS statutes to say that jurors should be paid a certain amount of money. Because what you're not even talking about, too, is I believe for the first three days, if you're not actually selected yet, which selection can take a while, you don't get paid anything.
4: Right. I I wasn't, I don't hate your answer. I was, you were talking about how to improve the jury pool. In my opinion, that's the way to do it.
3: And and you know what? Somebody like me and Dave, we're never getting on a jury. They're, they're, I mean, they're very slim for me and Dave. Maybe a civil case, you know, and I think I could be honest, but us just saying we were cops. The odds Danny are very would never slim. Get on the jury. No, people would, especially after they saw my uh, political TikToks, I would never get yeah, on a jury. You,
4: you, never. You and I would, would never get on a jury. David David and Beja would, but you and I wouldn't.
0: Uh, yeah, I believe Dave's a little different than me.
1: Dave might get on it. Never a been d- called. You know, there was a murder. I've
0: been called. There was a murder case, and I made it on like somewhat, and I really was hoping to get on to have that experience. Right. And eventually, they got me. Like I was on, I was being selected. Yeah. You know. And I would tell them. Like, Ironically,
4: this is the first time I was ever called for jury duty.
0: Oh really? Oh wow. And I was basically saying, look, I really feel like you'd be impartial. Like, I can understand, you know, but they, right. they kicked me off. I was really excited to be part of it, actually, to have that experience in general. Um, Superfan Jason, we have something new that we're going to start doing next week, but I want to make you my first person. We <laughs> want, we're going to start a new thing called Want to Win Some Money, and it's going to be, um, it's actually sponsored yeah, by... You Pooh. Know, I don't
4: like being the guinea pig for anyone.
0: Well, I'm just going to show you what it is. Maybe we could do, a, well, we're going to give us some... Is can that we do Jason it the same on time? the stick? No.
1: no, no. <laughs> it kind, it kind of looks kind like, like him yeah. <laughs> That's
3: hilarious. Can, show,
0: can we, can we no. show that? Okay, so I don't, I don't know what that is. So, Jason, we're gonna, are we're its so. a good-looking guy and a stick here. You're good. Um,
1: so you, you would be involved. Yeah. You're not a guinea pig. Sorry.
0: So we're gonna start giving out like on a weekly basis. What we're gonna do is with the Zoom room. Like we're gonna say like you have 10 minutes to get into the Zoom room. If you want to win some money, you pop in the room like you did right now. The first one that gets in the room wins some lottery tickets. Since we don't have any lottery in in Calif- in Nevada, that basically we have California tickets. When we get off here, we'll show the tickets, basically called Set for Life. And uh, we're going to get you 10 tickets for lottery. It was Beja's idea to come up with giving out lottery tickets. Beja's like, she's always coming up with these creative ideas. So we're going to give you 10 lottery tickets scratch-offs. For It's (laughs) called Set for Life when we hang up with you. Um, But we appreciate you coming on and sharing some wisdom. That was good. See, it was a good thing you brought on. So thanks for joining us and bringing up uh, your perspective. We're going to show the lottery ticket that you're going to get. I'm going to get you 10 tickets. You're welcome. All right, have a good one. Thanks, Jace. Take care. Take care, bye-bye.
1: So wait, if if they do win, we get a certain percentage, right? We provide. <laughs> oh, we, we provided. didn't do that. <laughs>
0: you want to show the California? It's the lottery ticket where it's California set for life. So we're giving the for tickets. Whenever you get, pop it up. Whenever you get the tickets. So listen, let's Danny ask a few last questions, the personal questions in regards right. that, and then we're gonna wrap up a little bit uh, because of time. But um, I didn't know what you meant there. But I I got a question here. <laughs> sure.
3: We brought this up last time to one of the attorneys. Um, I feel very. Big on this, okay? Uh, I think we have a problem with our traffic tickets. I really do. I think traffic is, the way people drive in this city is horrible. Our, our roads are unsafe, and the reason our roads are unsafe is there is no discipline. Uh, people get tickets, and they get lowered to a parking ticket. And that, to me, is, that's the reason people are driving out of control. If there is no consequence, why would I behave? Especially if I'm rich and I'm driving a Mercedes, what do I care if I have to pay a $200 parking ticket? I don't care. But if I lose my license and I'm rich, then I care because I can't go to work. So my thing is... Our problem here with the traffic tickets is they're all getting reduced. And Henderson, my girlfriend got a ticket. She got it reduced to a parking ticket. The parking ticket was more than the traffic ticket. So I believe Henderson's making money off this. Okay? So the roads are staying unsafe so Henderson can make more money. And that's that's a problem. That is a problem. That's why our roads are so bad. Real quickly, like, um, what do you have to, I know the judge isn't going to want to answer that one. Bro.
1: What do you think somebody has to do to get their license like suspended? I, I don't know. Like, what does that look like to you?
3: It gets reduced to a parking ticket, everything here. You know what I mean? You so, don't like
1: it, though, so like, what would you do?
3: I, you, you get a ticket. You're getting points on your license. You're losing your license. And then guess what? You're not going to drive like an idiot. These people drive like idiots out here. Yeah. you get on this road, you'll almost be hit three, four times. And God forbid they're driving a big truck with big tires. Oh, my God. They're the greatest thing since sliced bread. Let me drive all over this city at 100 miles yeah. an hour. I could do whatever the- I want. I'm driving a big truck.
1: Or the fast I'm paying
3: $2,000 a month to drive this truck just to prove how great I am.
1: Or the fast car zigzag yes. through traffic. Yeah. I, I can't.
3: I'm sorry. I have a
2: problem
1: with yeah, people that, big trucks. That was a question for you. So. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think?
2: Um, well, the tickets won't go to the court that I practice in. Okay. Th- yeah. The tickets will go to justice. There's court levels the Muni- to the Muni shit, Muni and court. she's up here. Okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. Don't bother. Her, don't bother her with sm-
1: that. Small potatoes.
2: You got but five <laughs> judicial <laughs> spots on your ballot: uh-huh. Muni, Justice, District—that's my court, uh-huh. Appellate, and uh, Supreme. And so get some justice or some Muni court people in here and grill them. I, I have do it.
1: I have one question. You said um, you had a women's group, yes, oh. okay. you did bring up the mental health you know difference uh-huh. to st- um estate planning. was that all for the women, or was there anything specific that you guys uh talked about or helped? Um...
2: sure, it, um essentially it's just a group of women that we get together. there was group of and just like vents or <laughs> I mean, there's venting that goes on there too, but the whole idea was behind it was to support each, each other network. And learn from one another there's everything from physicians uh to housewives in there and everything in between um anybody uh people that um uh barely have their high school degree all the way up to people that have advanced degrees Mm -hmm. so it's just a a diverse mixed group of women and the idea is to get together to network to learn from one another to socialize with one another Mm because women need other women um in their lives especially good supportive women Mm -hmm. um Women are not always so good at taking care of themselves and making time for themselves, and and um, getting together with other women. Right. Sometimes provide you with a network and We're a system. This is empowering. Each other. Yeah. yeah. By the
0: way, real quick, um, my kids actually going back to school Monday, but actually, Movement Mortgage, who is one of the sponsors for the show, they had some gifts for Danny and for Beja. So wow. my kids are gonna come here to drop off for gifts. So there's my Chloe's coming in, Kyla. Is Kyle <laughs> oh there God, too? Kyle so there. Bring me? in Kyle. They basically got a gift. So we have are many you, pro- many problem doing? solvers that are here. What? Come on in, Kyle. Come in. <laughs> come on in, yes, guys. we
2: took a little break for the summer, but I would love to. You guys are
0: great. You. Come inside here real quick. So these are mini problem solvers in general, and then give a gift to Beja and to Danny from Movement Mortgage, who helps us for the. Yay! Oh, I love it. Do we have Thank any other hats? You. We look, you look like gangsters. We get Anna a hat. So this is from Movement Mortgage, Thank you guys. and basically they help people getting home loans. Uh, Aaron is like one of it. the main people. Come over here, Kyle, real quick. Just to say hello, and there are many problem solvers here in general. Are you being yeah. shy? and
1: yeah,
0: they go back to school. I like day. it. Our
1: little problem solvers. So That's they. A three and a half year old? I like it too. I actually really He's three like and it and a half.
0: I do too. I'm going to wear it all the time. Yeah, yeah. I'm they going got, for dinner after, so I'll put it on. So it later. they have movement, they have mover, <laughs> movement mortgage hats as well. Anything else? Oh, what's the phone? Okay, we we're good. Like what's the phone number too. to call yeah. if you want to call Movement Mortgage? Come over here. 33 oh. home. Right? <laughs> oh, you got a hat oh, there we go you. Yay. thank you very much you know the phone number for movement mortgage my hat. where are your hats movement mortgage
1: that's who we are
0: <laughs> <laughs> Oh my <God. laughs> you guys are superstars okay i love you guys go home with mommy i know mommy's here to pick you up and no. then we'll see you we're gonna see you home
1: thank no. you little okay? problem solvers
0: i love you Go home, okay? And then gonna, you come next week. Mommy's going to take you home, okay? Okay. I'll meet you outside then in two minutes, okay? Danny's going to Danny's gonna finish up with one or two quick questions, and then we're going to go. No, i stay
2: with you. Staying with me? Yeah. Yeah, a little younger than him.
0: Okay.
3: Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Listen, we ha- asked a couple questions to all of our guests. I don't know if you saw it on the last one. Uh, we kind of got... Oh, we kind ca-
1: of
3: Yes. We kind of got famous here. We went national. Okay. We went viral. Uh, Me and Dave were interviewed by Swiss TV last week. The Netherlands is coming. All kind of stuff going on Mm -hmm. here. Uh, So it started with uh, the body in the barrel at Lake Mead. Uh, We just want to know what you think. Right now they found five bodies. Okay. They identified one that happened at Colville Bay Mm -hmm. uh, that it was a drowning victim from 2002. With the lake going down, how many more bodies do you think would be found? We're asking each guest by December.
2: Okay. Oh There's five.
3: Do you think? Not, our last guest said seven. I'm saying seven. I think you, you're looking at two more. That that's my guess.
0: And we just found out actually today the second body um, was identified as a drowning person mm-hmm. that just came out yeah. uh, today. Yeah. So number so we got number so one. So they found
2: three, five so far. Yes. so far. And you're asking how many more? Yeah. On top by of December. That?
0: Because the water's going down.
1: And in uh. that short amount of time, they found five. So.
3: I I think whoever gets the right number, Dave's going to give a lottery ticket to, right? Yeah, (laughs)
1: That's (laughs) what I was (laughs) thinking. We should be recording everybody's responses. Yes, That should be the reward there. I'll go go
2: low. I'll say three. I have no, I really have no idea. All right, three more. Okay,
3: sounds good. Okay, we got one more question, uh, and it's just that has to do with Vegas. What's your favorite place to eat, let's say, on the Strip?
2: Oh, Mm, that's a good question. Okay, um... I'm not allowed to plug any restaurant. Got gotcha. you. Not allowed to like plug a place, but you I'm, could just say you I'll love you, eating there. I, uh, <laughs> I love the view at Top of the World. The view. Oh, you, okay. You know? I ate there um, with Dave. Dave took yeah. me out to dinner and paid.
0: They actually, they actually um, <laughs> yeah, I used to like going there for lunch. It was more I reasonable like for, for lunch, lunch, lunch as well. Lunch That's the yeah. strategy. It was during yeah. the day. I yeah. But I think they stopped for lunch. I don't know if they reopened. I
2: think they did close for lunch. To me, it was uh, great because it,
0: it was during the day. It was a beautiful view, and it was view. cheaper. You did take me for lunch, so it was cheaper. They,
2: they might be charging a minimum <laughs> to get in there now too, and they didn't oh, really? used to. They used to have a happy hour, and I would yes, bring people the for the happy hour mm-hmm. that came to visit because those lollipop wings. You could, yeah, the the food was there was like discount food. The drinks yes. were a good price, and mm. you could just go up there and enjoy the view, and then you could go up. To the roller, like the the viewing deck above yeah. too, if you were there for the happy hour, yeah. Out, yeah. So I mean, I just th- yeah, I think cool. the view. I mean, we live in an incredible city. We do. The growth and development here is amazing, Agreed. and mm-hmm. um, I, I love I love mm-hmm. views. So um, that's probably uh, one of my favorite spots. I no comment on the food exactly because I I won't. I mean, it's I'm I'm not a huge foodie. I'm not anti food by any means, Got it. but. Um, I'm not a huge foodie it's about uh, the ambiance and view places and
0: that I, I agree with the ambience as we wrap up Is there anything else that we I didn't agree ask with you the food. any other any other things that you want to share in regards to anything?
2: Um, I love to share where people can contact me if they have any Go questions. For it. Yeah, absolutely. So my website is com. You can go there or you can call me directly on my telephone 702-659-2622 with any questions you have about me or the election. I do encourage people to please reach out to me. I'm limited what I can say as a uh, judicial candidate, however, I'm happy to answer any questions about my background and experience because it is so important that people vote for these positions. It is so important people care about these positions. And um, I wanna do my part to make sure that I'm reaching out to as many voters as possible so that they know who they're voting for. So they're not just voting on name alone. They actually feel confident in their vote. They feel good about it. And they understand that they're not gonna, when they, if they ever have to appear in front of me, they're not gonna regret the choice they made. So thank you so much. Um, My logo, I mean, uh, excuse me, my motto, um, which is on the back of some of the postcards I've given you, is let's make good changes together. And I genuinely believe that. Like, we talked about how separate people are right now. And we really need to get together. We need to work with people. We're not all going to agree on everything. That's clear, but we need to get together, and we need to talk, and we need to work together to make good changes as your kids are growing up in this community, my kids are growing up in this community, and everybody else's child, children are growing up here, too. Um, we need to make a better world for our children. Agree. Perfect. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. Like you said, we Agree. all want the same thing. Yep. Yeah.
0: So I want to thank Anna Albertson, who's running for district court judge, Department 11. Again, I have a lot of experience. She's court appointed um, arbitrator since 2014, judge pro tem since 2018 truancy court judge 2015 to 2017 represented over a thousand different clients local business owner mother and wife so i commend you for all the work you're doing i really appreciate you coming on the show sharing your opinion opinion and
2: wisdom thanks to danny and Beja as well oh well, and no relationship to the grocery store i get that question a lot it's spelled exactly the same way but no s at the end but no relationship so albertson likes the grocery store easier but no relationship
1: to remember. Actually, it, it
0: is yeah yeah. Alright, so thanks so much for joining us today again Thanks to my co-hosts yeah. for helping out as well as usual I'm David Colemeyer, the Problem Solver Every single week having amazing guests Just like Anna on the show talking about different things that are going on Thanks to my kids here with Movement Mortgage Basically helping out, dropping off some ki- uh, some hats Chloe, Kyla, and Kyle Thanks so much for joining us for Movement Mortgage And uh, that is basically it Every Thursday we go live at 4.30 at Sticky Puzz Studio Tuesday, 6pm Channel 14 Cox Cable Please join us, go to the theproblemsolver.vegas um, in order to, if you have any problems, you want to come on the show, we'd be one that happy to have you. Otherwise, we'll see you next week and be safe.